welcome back to the Oil of the Podcast, and today we are talking about Tom and Jerry. As always, I'm Kate, and here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And first off, none of us died in the snowmageddon of 2021, and so that's good. That's why y'all didn't get an episode last week. Yeah, we're alive. We survived snowvid. 2021 <laughs> yeah yeah it's all good and then to celebrate we, we get you know at the end of our lock-in we get the tom and jerry movie which is why we're doing this episode which if you've seen it is fantastic amazing amazing film amazing film really best of the year what sir no it's, it's not it's not it's just... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm not talking about this. Adrian is. Yeah, so Tom and Jerry, we've done quite a bit of animation over the last couple of years, specifically like kind of like older animation. And Tom and Jerry is probably one of the oldest animations that we're going to talk about um, on this podcast. So for a little bit of background history, and then we'll kind of get into some of the, but why those, but the background history is going to be kind of about why though itself. But since it's been around for over 80 years, I wasn't really sure what our intro question was going to be. So I'm trying. I was trying to think. You know, when was the first time I saw Tom and Jerry? So I think that's a good question to start with. What's your earliest memory of Tom and Jerry? Uh, do you want me to go? No, oh, Matt go. seemed Kate. excited. Matt seemed excited. I like Matt's stories, especially <laughs> <laughs> on stuff like this. Did you get gatekept? Uh, get kept in Tom and Jerry too? Or uh, no, no, I did not. Um, but okay. my earliest stories of Tom and Jerry are not that exciting because while this might be the oldest one. I do not care about Tom and Jerry, which we'll we'll learn throughout this entire episode. I couldn't even tell you my earliest one. Obviously, definitely like when I was like seven or eight, and you know, so early, you know, like early to mid nineties, I guess. Watched it. I remember going before school, but it wasn't Tom and Jerry was something that came on by default, and they just had nothing else to put on. Like parents threw on and said, "Hey, you're watching Cartoon Network, or you're watching this show," and Tom and Jerry came on, and you didn't change the channel because you didn't know where the remote was. That's about it. Yeah, I don't think I actively watched Tom and Jerry. Like, it was on. Yes. Like, it was just always on. It was kind of like, there's a television show that comes on, and it just stays. And it. Oh, I know that they used to play, like, clips of it in between different episodes of, like, other shows. And then it got moved to Boomerang, and it was on Boomerang. I don't know. It was just on all the time. But I remember my mom having to tell me not to do any of the things that were in Tom and Jerry. Because <laughs> I got very curious with some things. Oh, yeah. Um, in which <laughs> case, stuff, we, yeah, we all, I don't, I do remember a time when my brother came around that my mom just stopped having Tom and Jerry on. So take, they, take they that what you will. They weren't the brightest. It wasn't the Jerry. Was Jerry? No, Tom the cat. I can't remember at this point. Yeah, Tom. Tom, Tom was not the brightest cat in the world. That is for sure. Look, man. Tom is just Tom. Jerry's the real asshole in, in, this, in this situation. I don't disagree in some cases for Wait, sure. But how I think... is Jerry the real asshole? Tom is trying to kill him. No. no. Tom's just trying to do his job. Yeah, Tom's just trying to live his life. And we'll talk about this like a little bit later when we talk about especially when we talk about the movie. In the movie, it solidifies that Jerry is just an ass. Like he he sucks and he's like unredeemable. Tom is most time minding his own business, sleeping on the couch, and Jerry comes yeah, and mess with you know, him. Trying and to play the, the piano, like, just trying to swoon his his girlfriend, and then Jerry's like, "Oh, look, happiness. Let me take it take it away from him." And then Jerry and then Tom's owner's like, "If you don't get rid of this mouse, you're going back to the pound." Like, yeah, basically, yeah. That's that's the thing. I just thought he was mean because he instigated everything, but I guess oh. there's a whole world to this that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some of the episodes and maybe it'll kind of jog some of your memory. Because, again, it is one of those things that, um, for me, um, I remember watching Tom and Jerry on, like, when it was, like, on Boomerang, when I would go to, like, my great-grandma's house and, like, there was, like, she didn't have cable, so, like, I had to watch, like, this very, like, fuzzy, like, stolen cable from Mexico thing that had Tom and Jerry but the beautiful thing about Tom and Jerry for me when I was a kid, even though I first saw it in Spanish and my Spanish all wasn't all that great, is that the majority of this stuff is silent. So you just like watch the show and it um, and it worked out. Um, so a little bit of the background history. 
we're going to save a lot of the production history as more of a, but why though in and of itself, this will kind of just be like an overview of the series overall. So Tom and Jerry is an American animated franchise and series of comedy shorts created in 1940 by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. You may have heard them before because we've talked about them on our Scooby-Doo episode and our Adams Family episode and um, things like that. Probably the two of the biggest animators that there is and ever will be. And Tom and Jerry itself is best known for its 164 um, theatrical short films by um, MGM. And the series just basically centers on the rivalry between a cat and a mouse. So you have Tomcat and Jerry Mouse. And that's basically what everything centers on. But there are also some recurring characters that kind of get their own spinoffs and stuff like that. We don't focus too much on that. But you have characters like Spike and Tyke, who are bulldogs. Uh, Tyke was adorable. Butch, the black alley cat, and his posse with lightning, Topsy, and Meathead. Toodles Galore, the white cat uh, that Tom was always trying to swoon. Nibbles. He's terrible, by the way. <laughs> he's, he's great. What are you talking about? He's a, a, fa- a fantastic musician. Nibbles, who is like the little orphan mouse that would show up from time to time. And Mammy Two-Shoes, who's the former owner of Tom. More on this later about Mammy, Mammy Two-Shoes and Tom's like various owners. But if you're thinking about like the main Tom and Jerry, those are your main kind of characters. And then your kind of recurring characters that are known throughout the series. There are like some other ones like you get like they kind of blend in some of the other characters from the other shows um, that the, the duo makes. But those are your main, main people. I did like the Bulldogs. I thought those were those were interesting episode for the most part, as you said. You can clearly tell the dynamic. You can, for the dynamics that we were talking about, Kate, with uh, the Tom and Jerry, it almost becomes more apparent with the Bulldogs and Tom. Yo, so I'm just going to say it right now. I don't, like, I remember the Bulldogs. I don't remember any dialogue. I don't remember any story. I just remember. Well, I mean, that's what Adrian said. They don't talk through most of, they don't talk throughout most of those episodes. It's a very silent yeah, like, I, mean, I guess I don't remember, ever... like, character dynamics. I just, like, yeah. I remember violence. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Violence is, is, isn't the question. It's the answer. And, that's and now we know the... why my mom said, stop watching this. There's a little yeah, child I mean, there's in the house like, now. There's, like, some parts, like, where they'll talk, but Spike talked because he was, like, the next-door neighbor dog, or sometimes he, like, lived in the house sometimes, and then Butch the alley cat talked, and he would always, like, mess with Tom, so... There are some talking characters, but the majority of it was silent with like the like Mammy Two Shoes or whoever the owner is having some, some speaking lines. Tom would sing occasionally, but that's pretty much Mitch it. So if you don't remember any of like the dialogue or like dynamics, that's probably why, because it's usually just violence like 100% of the time. Yay. Except for like a very dark programming. Yeah, except for a very dark period of time like where they were friends, but we'll get on that a little bit more later. So in terms of like what all media surrounds Tom and Jerry, you do have those 164 short you know, comedy short films from the 40s all the way up through 2014. You have various TV shows that really don't kind of fall in that short uh, category because it's their episodes with shorts. I don't know, like weird kind of dynamics of like how it, how it works out. But you have the Tom and Jerry show in 1975, the Tom and Jerry comedy show from 1980 to 1982. Tom and Jerry Kids, 1990 to 1993. Tom and Jerry Tales, 2006 to 2008. And then currently running is the Tom and Jerry show that either is finishing up this year or like they just had like the last episode. It's kind of hard to tell because it's kind of hard to see like if they're going to keep doing the show or not. But ran from 2014 to as of February 2021, they're still doing episodes. And that kind of totals over 500 like segments of Tom and Jerry and supporting characters doing the wild things. There are a bunch of directed direct to DVD movies. There are 13 of them. And if you're curious, we did link those in the show notes. But um, the big ones that always stand out to me and the ones I remember personally are the magic ring where he like wears the magic ring on his head. Jerry wears a magic ring on his head. And uh, obviously, as probably comes as a surprise to nobody, the Fast and the Furry uh, movie also oh stick out to me. Oh, my God. Uh, but there's the, the movies is really kind of where they put them in kind of different situations. So, you know, they went to space in one. They did like a Sherlock Holmes thing in one. Uh, I think they did like a Robin Hood thing in one. I of would them. like to point out Tom and Jerry and the Lost Dragon. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. I haven't seen that one. But looking at these, I have seen actually the Blast Off to Mars one, which surprisingly was 2005. I have not seen the Fast and the... Oh my gosh, this looks terrible. The Fast 
ghost and the furry. Also I remember Black Off to Mars, and obviously that was late, but then looking at the rest of these, just, I don't know. I think the original movie I feel like I've seen, but some of those other ones. I <sighs> am not going to lie. Looking at these covers and these names, Tom and Jerry feels like a fever dream of my childhood, and I'm not being told that it isn't. <laughs> looking Basically, at all of yeah, this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I mean. The, the fast and the furry one, they get like evicted and they have to like enter in a race to like win a house or something like that. So it's very, you know. Uh, Once again, Kate, on the, the story never I mean, makes like, any sense in all of this. Just violence. Yeah, again, just, just violence. This, one, this one's dream. car violence. Car violence. Fever dream. Um, you also have a couple of theatrical movies. Tom and Jerry, the movie from 1992. <laughs> Terrible, was, terrible. This did was not do terrible, well. if I remember correctly. Yes. Did not do well. Made $3.6 million on a $3.5 million budget. Uh, currently a 14% of Rotten Tomatoes, a 5.4 on IMDb. Um, yeah, it's just, we'll talk about this later as well, but you also have like Tom and Jerry that just came out in 2021. 25% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.6 .6 on IMDb. As it stands right now, I mean, the movie just came out, so it probably will get lower than that. It was like, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes strength doesn't go up. They go down. Yeah. I mean, I personally don't think it's terrible. I think there's like lots of references like to the old skits, like, uh, you know, Tom playing the piano, him trying to like serenade the, like the, the other cat, like some of like the, the violence gags are, are like in there, like, you know, where Tom or where Jerry's like peeking inside of his hand and like punches Tom in the face, like all that stuff's in there and all the violence stuff is cool. It just really gets bad when you like, Stop putting humans in my stuff. Like, how I, I feel watched... about like. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just like, just stop putting humans on my stuff. I'm there for Tom and Jerry. I'm not there for like family stupid drama. Like, I just want to see the cat and mouse. I have not also... heard anything good about this movie. Um, I have not seen it, so I'm not going to say much other than I have not heard anything good at all from about this movie. I watched 30 minutes of it and then I turned it off. And that that's my that's my take. Also. If you're not who framed Roger Rabbit, don't do the whole real life and 2D thing. It just doesn't work. I don't like it. I love yeah. who framed Roger Rabbit. They actually have a cameo, I think, in like the one of like the like last scenes. I think they're supposed to be in it from what I was reading. But yeah, it's yeah. just not good. The only thing, the only takeaway from this, Jerry's an asshole. Premise of the movie, Matt, Tom, just out there in his thing, doing New York. It's hard <laughs> out there in New York. For my New York people out there, I'm sure it's very hard. It's very expensive. Tom out there, he's a street performer with a piano because, you know, if you remember the piano concerto episode, he's a very good piano player. And Jerry, being an asshole, slaps like he goes in and like steals people from Tom playing. Like he literally slaps like a, he's like a, as a cat playing a piano. And then he goes in and slaps the sticker over it like, oh, a dancing mouse. And he steals all of his, like his work. And that basically, that's like, that starts the entire movie because they chase each other into like a thing, blah, 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 blah. But the whole movie doesn't happen if Jerry just like lets Tom make his money. But no, <laughs> Jerry being Jerry can't do it. And then he like steals a ring later on. He's, he's an asshole. I'm learning so much. I hate him. I hate him. Tom's just trying to do his job. He's just trying, <laughs> trying to make a living. Telling you, most York. of the time Tom was just taking a nap on the couch and Jerry said, we can't be having that. Yeah. He wakes up and chooses I chose asshole violence. Like that's that's Jerry's MMO MO for sure. It feels a little like up in the ante though when somebody wakes you up from your nap on your couch to like try and kill him. Yeah, definitely. That that's a little that's a little too far. Look, I don't know. Maybe Jerry Defenders, like you can come, you know, at me on Twitter or whatever, but most of the situations, homeboy's just living his life. Or just trying to like serenade his girlfriend and then he's like, Hey, you know what? <laughs> If I remember correctly. I remember correctly too. His girlfriend sucks too. She just ends up oh, going yeah. for the rich guy. Jerry gives <laughs> everything he has. He's a hardworking little cat, and the other guy comes in there like and just woos her with some big old rings or something. And she's like, "I know your little crackerback Jackbox ring. Get out of here." I oh. had no idea that this was now a Tom Defense Club, <laughs> but apparently it is, and I it, remember nothing, and therefore have no. <laughs> No, no side here, other than that I'm learning a lot. Um, yeah, and then you also have like a string of comic books that started in 1942 and stopped in 1984 with about 344 issues between Dale Comics and Western Publishing. They don't do very well. If you don't know those comic book companies, it's okay because they're not very big at all. There they are, still though. They still exist. They still exist? 
do they still exist? Uh, I don't think so. I think they got like one of those things like where they got absorbed. Uh, I couldn't really find oh. anything like major that that they did. Um, especially if when your you know main comic run is Tom and Jerry the comic. Um, there are though twenty two video games from nineteen eighty nine to basically the present with PC games, NES, Game Boy, Sega, uh, Super NES, Game Boy Color, and then they have a few mobile games as well. Again, I think all most of these games just center on violence. I think there's like a couple of like educational games on here, but there's a whole category of fighting games. Wait. Uh, yeah. I do Wait. remember playing at least one of those on the Super NES. Because I do remember them being games. I did not realize there was 22 of them, but I do remember there were Tom and Jerry games. Yeah, 22 of them. Some of them from the movies. Um, I mean, a lot of them are just like you're either getting away from Tom or you're trying to catch Jerry. Some of the fighting games are named Tom and Jerry, Yankee Doodles, Catastrophe, <laughs> In Fists of Fury, Housetrap, War of the Whiskers, Cheese Chase, Food Fight, Pinball Pursuit, and Mouse Maze. Those last three, if you're wondering, are mobile games. I don't know if you can still get them, but I'm pretty sure if you want to go play them, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm yeah. blown away. Yeah, you, you, you missed me with those ones. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, and as, I mean, if you like know the, the series, there's like always like lots of like musical things going on. So as would probably come to surprise to no one if you watch the thing, but would come as a surprise if you have known nothing about Tom and Jerry, there's actually two musicals. Uh, there was one in Argentina in 2011, and I put a picture it's of this terrifying. It's disturbing. <laughs> I know. I don't like it. You have Spike in there. Spike's in there. I His big bulldog like self. I couldn't find any video. Uh, tragically, could not find any video, but there's like a bunch of pictures of it on the internet. It's it's terrifying. And there's also a Japanese um, adaptation of the Per uh, Perchance to Dream short from 1967. Couldn't find any pictures or videos of that one, but there is a Japanese musical that so was a thing for like two weeks. I would just like dedicated fans out there who listened to our Ninja Turtles episode and then went to go look at the terrifying entity that is the Ninja Turtles costumes for that music musical. This is up there. This is on <laughs> par with that. That is the, yeah, that's where it stands in Night Fuel Alley. Nightmare Fuel Alley. I, look, I'm I sure don't it was like... a fantastic production. I'm sure it did really <laughs> Well, I'm not thankful for this. I just think it's hilarious. I just think it's funny that like Argentina and like Japan are the ones who are like, you know what? <laughs> you Tom know and what? Jerry Let's do musical. It. Tom and Jerry musical. <laughs> I, I think that speaks more to the range of Tom and Jerry than anything. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's global. Global. Global reach. <laughs> uh, that's kind of all I have for like the background of like the franchise itself. Uh, I'm going to save some of the history of the production for the first, but why though? But if there aren't any other questions, we'll just get right into it. Uh, so the first but why, though, here is that I'm going to kind of try to weave in some of the success of the franchise itself um, inside of, of this here. But basically, like, Tom and Jerry has withstood the test of time in terms of, like, a semi-relevant or, I mean, they, have, they got a movie on, you know, however many million dollar movie on HBO. A lot of cartoons can't say that these days. So you have different eras and it's survived through all of these. So the first kind of era that we have is basically when it starts in 1940 through 1958. So in the original run, um, Hannah and Barbara produce 114 Tom and Jerry shorts for MGM during that time. And during that time, they won seven Academy Awards for best animated short film, tying the first place with, with Walt Disney's uh, silly symphonies, which basically like Looney Tunes, essentially for the most awards in that category. And they've had, I think 13 awards uh, or thir 13 nominations total. So after coming up with the cartoon idea, Barbera would flesh out the story by drawing a storyboard and provide character designs and animations layout. While Hannah did the animation timing, playing the music, the temporal beats and the um, accents, the animation action would occur on and subsequently assigned the animators their scenes and kind of supervised their work. So these two really kind of took the reins on that first kind of era here. The problem is, is that in the 1950s, uh, TV starts to become a thing, and then the MGM studio basically started cutting out things, and one of those things that got cut was Tom and Jerry um, due to the decreased revenue from the theatrical screenings that they would do. They would put a bunch of the shorts onto the, onto like the movie screen and then um, or onto the TV, 
And for whatever reason, Tom and Jerry just didn't do as well as MGM wanted. So in an attempt to combat this, MGM ordered that all of the subsequent shorts be produced in widescreen, um, with the first being Touche Pussycat. That's one of my favorite shorts. I really like that one. Um, was released in December 1954. However, the, stu- the studio found that the re- re-releases of the older cartoons were earning as much as the newer ones. So as a result, they cut basically all of like the new things being produced in 1957 because they were making as much money with the reruns. So that's actually really interesting. And I guess it is like that shorts format, but also like something about minimalism as a short makes it really timeless. Like you can, I mean... Outside of some of the stuff you're going to talk about later on that yeah, comes yeah. from the very racist time period, um, like there's not much to it because it's all score and no voice acting for the most part. Like that makes sense almost that the older stuff does as well as the new stuff. You don't have to keep investing more money into it. Um, so that's actually not surprising, but also interesting too because wouldn't you just want to make at least a little bit more stuff to keep like the cycle going i don't know people like people think very short term not long term um but i do have an update of looking it up are you here um i was correct but a little off also and incorrect the flintstone franchise is getting a revival that was reported last year but it's the cartoon and it's being done by elizabeth banks's production company i would like to point out that only would matt say i was incorrect but i was also correct at the same time. <laughs> well, I was incorrect in which it was not a live action movie coming, but I was correct in which the Flintstones are coming back. I'm about it. Well, not really. I, I want live action. I don't really I want live action. No, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I was I like, saying, but like the cartoon is apparently coming back. I want live action. It was good. <laughs> but no, I think, honestly, it's a sad part of what I think we run into. I feel like, obvi- I feel like that's almost what we get today. People want to work. We wor- we're worrying about doing old content and just remastering old content instead of producing new content yeah. because you are still making the same amount of money or the same type of reduction or whatever else. And so, like, why would you want to bother risking, at some point, why would you bother want to risking new content that may or may not do well, depending on your audience, versus something we know has already done well and we'll just make it look nicer or we'll just keep it and just keep rerunning it. It's probably not the best strategy, but it is a way to get that full, let's just make sure to get the full potential per se, even though it's not potential, it's probably more of a worse word <laughs> yeah. out of that content. Yeah, uh, I, I, I definitely see it from, like, from our perspective, but like when you're coming off of, you know, even like your first short, like the very first short, like was an automatically nominated for Academy Award, which I guess like in like that time, it doesn't mean nearly as much as it does now, but it's crazy that you would like, forego your seven academy award-winning thing for like what else like what else do you got and they didn't really have anything else which is kind of crazy but uh, it ended up being the good thing because the pair did decide to leave and went on to focus on their own production company obviously hannah barbera productions which would then go on to produce uh popular animated television things like like we said the flintstones yogi bear the jetsons scooby-doo that's all the same company um, which I think kind of like a kind of a mini but why though, because without like Tom and Jerry doing so well and, you know, even though MGM's ceasing the production, we probably don't have the whole um, H- uh, Hanna-Barbera like collection of cartoons like Scooby-Doo, Adam's Family, which we both covered as their own episodes and then would eventually, you know, lead to the creation of Cartoon Network because that was basically originally featured uh, the Hanna-Barbera lineup when Cartoon Network was, was first a thing, and then obviously getting moved off into uh, Boomerang later. But you know, without them canceling that in 1957, we might not have cartoons the way we see them now um, because of yeah. how successful Tom and Jerry was. Yeah, which honestly, when we talked about like where's your earliest memories of stuff, I don't remember Boomerang as much. I just remember this, you know, this Hannah uh, Barbara uh, lineup because I remember this all coming on, and then nobody ever. Wait, what are you laughing at, Kate? Yogi Berra and Hannah Barbara. Whatever. Hannah Barbara. Okay. My bad. I'll restart. <clears throat> but no, as I was saying, like when we talked about the beginning of my early memories, I don't remember the boomerang, but I remember this HB lineup per se of, you know, the Flintstones, Yogi Bear, and the Jetsons and Scooby Doe. And it ended up being, like I said, we just ended up changing the channel because you couldn't find the remote to watch Tom and Jerry. And, and you're not you're not wrong. It might have been Cartoon Network for, for, all, for all I know. I just know that it was like on that same lineup of all of the, the H and B um cartoons that you know that that we've kind of talked about on the podcast before and even talked about now with like the Flintstones and the Jetsons and things like that. However, H and B don't get 
Tom and Jerry back for a number of years. So you have the Dean Deitch era, uh, 1961 through 1962. So basically after the MGM cartoon studio closed in 1957, MGM revived the series with Gene Deitch directing an additional 13 Tom and Jerry shorts in uh, Czechoslovakia where Deitch had done essentially all the animation work leading to the drawings really not being the same as the uh, animation from the 40s because they don't really have um, all of like the on-model comparisons and things like that. And then kind of given what we've seen with Scooby-Doo, people hate when you change like, you know, things with their cartoons. So Deitch ended up getting like death threats because people, I guess, in the 40s and or 40s I was like, and 50s. Wait, what? 60s? Death threats in the 60s? Look, man, people love their cartoons. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? That's fair. Because when we did our Stanley episode, we pointed out that Stanley used to get very angry, like death threats and stuff and everything sent to his home and his office. And then he would write a soapbox saying, F all y'all. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it, it's it, a little different than Tom and Jerry. I don't know. Have you been on Twitter? <laughs> Look, man. You know, any, yeah, but nobody on Twitter even knows Tom and Jerry exists. They're too young. No, but they get just as angry as just as small as content. Yeah, I mean, in the 40s. How like, do you like, write what, a what death in the 60s? How do you write this in the 60s? Do you pin it with the quill and then put it in the mail? <laughs> Matt, how long ago do you think the 60s <laughs> what were? What is going on? <laughs> not, it was like 1960, not 1860. <laughs> yeah, but still, like, what do you do that? You put that in the postal service? Like, oh, yes! I got this person good. <laughs> yes, I they, bet you they felt even They produced better. all of that in Czechoslovakia. I'm pretty sure they know how to get eat, like get letters and stuff. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> they don't even exist anymore. <laughs> Look. Oh, they don't. There's a reason why That's it didn't do well, Matt. Czechoslovakia doesn't even do exist well, anymore. Okay? There's a reason why it only lasted for 13 shorts, okay? I did not uh, have the death threats as being one of the reasons. They pen and papered that shit. They hated it. They hated it. No, they didn't really hate it. Because, like, in retrospect, like, these shorts are obviously considered, like, the worst of, like, the Tom and Jerry, like, theatrical output. Um, Deitch actually stated, like, due due to his team's inexperience as well as their low budget, he hardly had a chance to succeed. And he understands the negative reactions to his shorts. Um, You know, for most cartoons, I think, like, this would have been, like, the end of it, right? Like, how many cartoons do you have that change and then people get death threats and then they keep on going for another, you know, 50 years. I really don't know many that would survive this, but I think this is mainly because the old school ones had from the eighth H and B originals had at this point overtook Looney Tunes as the highest grossing animated short film series. So I think that might've carried it past like this kind of like darker time of Tom and Jerry. Uh, Cause in our next area with Chuck Jones in 19, 1963 through 1967, ironically enough, Chuck Jones, who was one of the main animators on Looney Tunes, got the nod to pick up the reins um, when he was uh, let go from Warner Brothers uh, for MGM to pick up the bring the production back to the U.S. So if you ever remember some of the shorts being like a little animated a little bit differently in terms of the character design, it might be because this era Jones tried to like blend his own work from Warner brothers with the H and B style. So Tom was given thicker eyebrows to resemble Jones's Grinch count, uh, blood count or Wiley e. coyote, a Lex complex look, including color of his fur becoming gray, sharper ears, longer tail and furrier cheeks resembling Joe's, um, Claude Cat or Sylvester, while Jerry was given larger eyes and ears, a lighter brown color, and a uh, sweeter Porky Pig-like expression. So all I'm going to say is, not to be mad, but I feel like Chuck Jones is the most generic-ass name, and you could have told me Chuck Jones did anything from the 1960s, and I would believe you. <laughs> well, he, at least in my opinion, I think this is kind of like <laughs> the worst Tom and Jerry stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because the similarities like for Jones's work doesn't stop there because he even used like some of like the gags and the transitions from Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner, which basically like leads to like a lot of his shorts um, being a considered an improvement over Deitch's, but nevertheless, like aren't as successful as the H and B and would end up leading to MGM again, ceasing production of Tom and Jerry shorts in 1967. Cause they're not again, not doing as well um, as the beginning. However, with a lot of cartoons, especially in the 60s um, and up, television basically saves it. So in 1965, uh, Hedda and Barbara Tom and Jerry cartoons began to appear on television, but also like heavily edited versions. More on this later. But 
they debuted on CBS Saturday morning schedule on September 25th, 1965. And Tom and Jerry moved to CBS's Sundays two years later and remained there until the until 1972. In 1975, they were basically reunited with Hannah and Barbara, who produced the Tom and Jerry show for Saturday mornings. And these cartoons, Tom and Jerry, now with a red bow tie, um, who had enemies, who had been enemies during the formative years, are now, you know, nonviolent pals who go on adventures together as H&B had to meet the stringent rules against violence on children's television. Basically, this happens because Kate's mom told Kate not to try stuff because Kate was trying to try stuff. So I will say, I can't confirm if I was trying to try stuff. I can only confirm that my mother told me not to try stuff. So I will say, as a person growing up and not watching as much as it just like, as we mentioned, come on, this was one of the most confusing things as a child because one episode would come on and they're ready to kill each other. And the next minute, the next episode come on and they're high fiving. And it was so confusing as a child of going, do these people hate each other or do they like each other? Yeah, so like this is like the only really time that this ever happens, like in their, um, you know, in like the formative years of of them like this, because everyone realized like this is dumb. We don't want them to be, you know, nine violent pals. We want them killing each other. That's that's a Tom and Jerry that we want. Uh, and we've kind of talked about like this um, late '60s, early '70s, you know, TV's too violent um, stream. But we'll cover this a little bit more when we get to the controversies as well. When we talk about how people didn't like how violent the show was. However, in 1986, MGM was purchased by Ted Turner, who is the founder of WTBS. Turner sold the company a short while later, but retained MGM's pre-1986 film library, which included Tom and Jerry. And then that became a Turner Entertainment Company, which basically lets it be run on TBS, TNT, Cartoon Network, the WB, Boomerang, and Turner Classic Movies, which again keeps it on TV even after MGM is sold and gone away. The weirdest thing is growing up and watching Turner Classic movies and what movies end up being on there, and then you realize you're old. I think it, for me it was more so like, dang, this dude just like owned like a yeah. bunch of stuff and just like flipped companies and bought companies. And oh, I, I said I kind of knew all this there. because I saw that all of them TNT and Turner Classic movies and all that end up being, but it was just weird of like growing up with what movies came on from Turner Classic movies when I was a child versus when I was growing up later of what then what movie came on, and it was like, oh, this hits. Of these are now classic movies, apparently. I mean, I had an existential crisis in high school when Teen Titans got put on Boomerang, and I was like, "Why? Why is this on Boomerang? This is for <laughs> cartoons from the '40s. Like, what is this?" Uh, and probably because stuff got made way for one of like the biggest trends in Saturday morning television in the '80s and '90s was the Baby Vacation. We've talked about this as well on Scooby Doo yeah. specifically. Uh, that's what I was started, bring like, up. <laughs> doing baby stuff again. Uh, when Tom and Jerry are kids and trying to kill each other, not as entertaining as <laughs> when they're adult cats and uh, cats. It was also Looney Tune babies. That one wasn't that bad. I like the Looney Tunes. I didn't mind the Looney Tunes babies. I actually like that more than regular Looney Tunes. I also like Scooby Kids or whatever the hell it was called. Pup named Scooby Doo? Yes. We did not like a pup named Scooby Doo. I liked a pup named Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo. Where are you? Come on, man. That's a bop. That's a bop. But we start getting kind of into the more modern Tom and Jerry in basically the first half of 2006, where a new series called A Tom and Jerry Tales was produced at Warner Brothers Animation. And this is basically the first Tom and Jerry series that utilizes the original style of the classic shorts with all like the slapstick and things like that. Uh, Unfortunately, the series was canceled in 2008, but this is mainly because Kids WB's block got shut down and that's why that happened. But because of all of like, you know, rights with the Turner, you know, blah, 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 blah. Cartoon Network basically is able to start rerunning those reruns of Tom and Jerry Tales in 2012 and subsequently aired a second series of two 11-minute shorts per episode that basically kind of do the same thing that the old-school Tom and Jerry does. And this kind of works similarly to reboots like Scooby-Doo's Mystery Incorporated and the Looney Tunes show. And they brought them back into that kind of contemporary environment, telling stories, relocating characters to fantastical worlds, medieval castles, and like scientist labs. But they're still trying to kill each other. Like that's like the main point that they kept, yeah. even in these kind of newer shows. Maybe not to the extent that they were in the '40s, but definitely not the huggy, huggy that they were in like the '70s. Friendship so like a lot doesn't of... work, kids. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so there's like a lot of like moving around, um, which I, you kind of expect from cartoons, especially like the older cartoons from like the 40s, because we've talked about this before. When stuff is changing hands and things like that, it's really easy for these things to get lost. That's why even today you have like, oh, remember like that one cartoon that you watch every Saturday, but no one else knows about it? One of those kind of things. But thankfully, it being with H&B, you're able to kind of keep it alongside um, all of these these changes. And I guess like the Flintstones is getting like a new show, but the Jetsons, you know, Yogi Bear, Johnny Quest um, are still here. Scooby-Doo and the Addams Family have survived to be relevant today. But I think when you look to see that Tom and Jerry is 29 years older than Scooby-Doo and 24 years older than the Addams Family, I think that's a big um, testament to how long they've stayed in the game when you think about uh, H&B yeah. not really making their other ones until the 60s. Yeah. I miss Johnny Quest. I really like Johnny Quest. I also love Johnny Quest, but I'm also there a is a Johnny. Fan, so yes, there's a Johnny Quest Tom and Jerry crossover episode. Why? Nice. Because H and B owned the property. Oh, so yeah, I was like, fair. that's why. <laughs> that's fair. Fair. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I like Johnny Quest too. I Johnny Quest was great. Quest. I love Johnny Quest. Johnny Quest and, problematic. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So that's basically kind of what we have in kind of like the longevity standpoint. There is as many things with these cartoons dating back to these 40s, 50s, 60s, um, lots of controversies that have led to like censorship and things like that. And the one that stands out the most, especially with Tom and Jerry, is the the race issues that, that are prevalent with it. So like many animated cartoons from the 30s to the 50s, Tom and Jerry featured racial stereotypes. For example, like after explosions, characters would be blasted with faces resembling stereotypical black faces with large lips and bow-tied hair. Um, perhaps the most controversial element of the show is the character Mammy Two-Shoes, a poor black maid who speaks in a stereotypical quote-unquote black accent. Um, Joseph Barbera, wa who was responsible for these gags, claimed that they did not reflect his racial opinions. They were just reflecting what was common in society cartoons at the time. Everyone meant to be humorous because that was what was funny at the time. Today, the blackface gags are often censored when these shorts are aired. Uh, Mammy Two-Shoes was also redubbed by Turner in the mid-90s to make the characters sound less stereotypical. Uh, and then obviously resulting in like almost an Irish accent. And some of the shows, they actually recast her completely, making her like a white housewife lady who was honestly way more mean, mean to, to Tom than uh, Mammy Two-Shoes, so, to be like, perfectly I, honest. That so also... I... Go ahead. I was going to say, honestly, I do not remember Mammy Two-Shoes. I remember the other mean lady. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, the reason that is, Adrian, is because Mammy also, so, like, it's not just her accent and stuff, but, like, Mammy is a trope yeah, for sure. With that, like, was used in minstrelsy and, like, all that stuff um, and, like, has, like, carried over. So, like, the caring older black woman and all that type of stuff. I mean, even her name is just, like, that doesn't yeah, fly at all. Uh, so like, yeah, that makes sense. And just, yeah. And you never, the black, I mean, you... the blackface stuff probably, it, it, it gets me more because they are like making people look like the old, the caricatures that they would do, which are just really horrible. Yeah. For, for Mammy Tushu specifically, they don't even, for, except for like one brief instance where, where she's running, you never see above like her, her waist, uh, and kind of like that cow and chicken esque yeah. kind of, kind of thing. Uh, usually you just ever ever see her her feet inside of there. Um, there's obviously other like racial examples, like in, you know blatant East Asian, Indigenous people, Latinx stereotypes and things like that. But the blackface and of course like the Mammy Two Two Shoes uh, are typically the forefront of those yeah. issues. So much so that in some of the DVD collections, there's a disclaimer by Whoopi Goldberg that says. The cartoons you're about to see are products of their time. They may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in the U.S. society. These depictions were wrong then and are wrong today. While the following does not represent Warner, the Warner Brothers' view of today's society, these cartoons are being presented as they were originally created because to do, other, to do so otherwise would be the same as claiming as these prejudices never existed. So that was at the when Warner Brothers took over would be yeah. would come on before all of the DVDs and say that line. Yeah. Uh, right. Similarly, Amazon also placed a similar warning when Tom and Jerry went to their streaming service and theirs was a little bit shorter. Tom and Jerry shorts made to pick some ethnic, ethnic and racial prejudices that were once commonplace in American society. Such depictions are wrong then and are wrong today. Yeah. And I think that that's like one of the things like 
I prefer the stance, at least for like the older stuff, like for newer stuff, I think it's fine to like cut stuff out, like after stuff makes it through production and you're like, oh yeah, that really didn't land. We need to take this out or like, oh, this is, you know, like that stuff makes sense. Um, but to an extent, I think, especially for the older stuff, like if we take out that stuff, it erases the fact of how racist our, com- our country was like in every facet of it. And it allows people to rewrite history to be like, oh, well, it wasn't that bad. Here are none of the receipts for some of the racism of the era. And so I, I, I personally, I'm of that camp i guess if that makes sense i'm also of that camp because if you want people to learn the history and say as you say then you probably need to know that it did exist you can't let people whitewash history yeah i think that's i mean from doing like the research on um this episode through my 40 hours of research (laughs) that joke will never get old but it will not uh there was like lots of uh cultural i don't i don't know like what the proper term is kate but like cultural i don't know researchers i don't i don't, I don't remember what the yeah. name was um who who are of that stance of like you just can't erase the stuff you know the disclaim for some people were even mad at like the disclaimers like saying the disclaimer before the thing is kind of like lessened um things in the in the shows but definitely agree with agree with both of you that you can't just cut it out completely i think whoopi goldberg's disclaimer is like, probably yeah. the best in my like opinion more one. than like amazon's um mm-hmm. to just to say it, like, hey, we're going to show these unedited, but just re- remember that some of the stuff, not okay. Yeah, I agree. And not definitely not to detract from, like, the blackface, all that stuff is bad, but I did find out that um, Tom and Jerry actually had one of the first black animators with Frank Braxton, who was the first black animator hired by Warner Brothers and Disney, who would go on to do uh, things like George of the Jungle and, and, and things of uh, things like that. Oh, wow. Pretty prominent. Uh, people called him... Uh, some like the more recent black animators called him like the Jackie Robinson of like animation and things like that. Yeah, so. that's really cool. Frank Braxton, cool guy. So moving on from the race issues, obviously we've talked a lot about these people tried to kill each other through very violent means. So violence obviously was an issue for a lot of people, especially in the late sixties and seventies when people thought that they were too violent. We mentioned this in our Scooby Doo episode in one uh, episode one twenty two, but. In 1968, the parent-run organizations, particularly Action for Child or for Children's Television, began protesting what they perceived as excessive violence in Saturday morning cartoons. Most of these shows were um, basically in the H and B action cartoons like Space Ghost, Herculoids, Birdman, um, and the Galaxy Trio, and virtually basically all of those things were canceled in 1969, and they had to come up with new stuff and. Instead of canceling it like they did with things like Space Ghost, they just changed it. And that's why we have like that weird kind of their friends dynamic in the 1970s. And Time also out. why we get things like Scooby-Doo and things like that. Time out. So we saved Tom and Jerry, but we got rid of Space Ghost and Birdman. I am very disappointed. <laughs> yes, that's what happened, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what happened. This hurts. That's just that's just what they do. I don't know what the hell Galaxy Trio is, but the other two are great. Yeah. So, me and you would think, okay, you know, it, we're back. We, we can watch them hit each other uh, again. Nope, just kidding, because people today are still not okay with the amount of violence, specifically like in Tom and Jerry. So, Egyptian State Information Service Ambassador Salah Abdel Sadiq blamed classics like uh, Tom and Jerry specifically for their alarming violence and extremism in the middle east today and i put the link to the show to the article where he like quotes basically kind of like the things in tom and jerry that he didn't like but that's <laughs> i think this is like in 20, 20, 2016 so what? pretty recent what this is about yeah. worse than the guy from chicago trying to ban grand theft auto because of carjackings <laughs> yeah um others uh, I don't. I can't I remember. Mean, the America's name of it. to blame for a lot of the stuff over there right now, but like, I don't think Tom and Jerry's it. <laughs> oh, Tom and Jerry's a problem. Tom and Jerry is also the problem of why children scheme against each other instead of talking about their problems. Said like this one um, Latin author guy who said like all press is bad, basically. So one, My mother, I can... uh, some Latin mother also said that. <laughs> So one, I can get where you're getting at for this, but they explicitly make sure that they're not friends. And so why would you want to scheme with them? 
I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. And the funnier thing here is that sometimes they, they are uh, criticized for this unnecessary violence, but in reality, there's no blood, there's no gore in any of the cartoons, and no one ever dies or is like seriously injured. Everyone's usually fine. At the end. It's, it's the, the, ba- it's the, it's the Tom, Batman. Tom gets a lot of like crutches in the, in the show. Yeah, but he's fine that. at the end. It's the Batman argument. It, like, yeah. no. Well, I mean, it is the Batman <laughs> argument. But. It's fine. It's not excessively violent. Um, and then past the violence thing, there is some issues with smoking, of course. Uh, <sighs> lots of scenes that appear to condone smoking have been cut out. Not all of them have been cut out, except for like in the UK in 2006, they did cut out basically all of the smoking scenes, despite the viewership being largely adults in the UK specifically. And I've also put in a link to like all the censorship that they you see in Tom and Jerry, if you're curious of like what's cut out, what's not. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk here about smoking. Smoking's the dumbest shit in the world, in which why we get mad on trying to censor it out, because we do more at trying to censor smoking than we do of actually trying to cut out cigarettes in tobacco companies. <laughs> so the fact that we keep selling tobacco and cigarettes to actual people, which have no good actual function for society, other than I don't I don't know unless you want to get lung cancer or something. I don't know why we have cigarettes for no other reason, but we spend more time trying to condone and censor smoking of all things than we do anything else. And the sad part is it's not just this country, but other things. If you want to get rid of smoking because being bad, then get rid of the actual products. No, Matt, because people should be able to make their own health decisions. <laughs> I'm sorry. Smoking drives me insane. And if you are in the age of like 30 and you smoke, you're probably an idiot. And I don't care because it's so confusing to me. Yeah, it's, it, it's also the way that like Netflix did a really big thing to bar smoking cigarettes from all of their stuff. And yet had 13 reasons why that glorified well, all that uh, Well, that's stuff. the thing. They, they barred it in that show, but they didn't care about the actual yeah. suicide stuff. And that bugs me because smoking is another thing I see all the time in Netflix shows of like, warning, smoking. But then I'm like, do you see what's going on right now? Why are we worried about smoking? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a big person that's very upset with smoking. <laughs> sorry. I was looking up a specific... Thing. I don't know if you guys remember, but there's this one episode where Tom is trying to um, seduce the the white cat and the dress is like it's like a cowboy kind of Western thing. And he like rolls the cigarette and me growing up where I grew up in a not so great neighborhood where marijuana was <laughs> a big thing. I thought for years he was just rolling like the coolest joint ever. <laughs> Like he, just, like, he, like, he rolls like an old school cigarette, but I thought he was just rolling a blunt. So I thought, dude, Tom, Tom out here with the skills. But apparently there was this rolling cigarette. That's my fun fact to my contribution to the smoking thing. Because I thought he was I'm just sorry, rolling smoking, blunt. The smoking conversation, the censorship of smoking bugged me because we do actually nothing to actually decline smoking and the dangers it actually does to help in society. So we have two things. Smoking is bad, y'all. Ban it all, not just in TV. And Adrian Saint. I thought it was a blunt. Well, it means no different than everybody keep yelling vape, vape pens are killing I'm people. I'm not but, yeah, disagreeing but, but, with but you. Go Matt, buy my cigarettes instead. Matt, nobody is disagreeing with you. I need you to Burn take that down. 11 Burn down. Burn that whole like thing five. down. Burn it all down. I legitimately forget that smoking's a thing. So like, Yes, I, so I mean, do I. I also, like, I haven't been out. Like in like a restaurant where I mean even when we weren't like locked down like I see people smoke I, it throws me off I'm like whoa 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 no like whoa, I said whoa. if you were under the people age of like that? thirty I am so confused that you didn't smoke you cigarettes did you listen to McGruff the Crime Dog when you were little like we <laughs> have so much data so many uh, studies so much stuff of like how bad I blame smoking Mad is men. but. <sighs> Anyways, let's just get get out of yes, here. Matt, smoking, you're, yes, Matt, you're, you're done. Terrible you're done. <laughs> done. And then, so all, all those things have happened, and they they do censorship differently and kind of like all over the place, which which is definitely what I found. You know, in Japan, they kind of release everything unedited. There's no there's no cuts. Uh, in the U.S., some of it's edited out depending on where it's at. So if it's on like Cartoon Network, it's edited. If it's not on Cartoon Network, it's not edited. It, it's just um, a lot of kind of weird censorship things there. Some good, some bad, um, but. Nevertheless, it's kind of Tom and Jerry's kind of kept this timeless format for so long. And for, for me personally, as long as you're not trying to shove them into a, like a live action, it's kind of really hard to beat the format. You know, a cat chases the mouse and it leads to shenanigans that, you know, either interesting ways of like Tom trying to catch Jerry or the way Jerry escapes, which is kind of like for a lot of it, 
some of my favorite episodes of Tom and Jerry are like the ways that the things happen. So I think about it like when Kate talks about her horror movies and like her favorite kills in horror movies. I think about it as like that one time that or like when Jerry moves the the keyhole thing and he like smacks into it like an accordion. I don't know. <laughs> as a kid, I just thought it was, it was cool. So they do that in different interesting ways there, but mainly because they don't speak. There isn't um, a lot of kind of age to kind of outside of the animation to kind of show. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about fucking Tom and Jerry scenes. But because they don't speak, there's not a lot to age the show outside of the animation style. And because the newer animation style is keeping it pretty close to what it was, just kind of updating it in kind of more of an HD format, the format of the show hasn't really changed that much in some of these newer shows. And outside of them, like, not being friends, occasionally they'll team up to, like, go against some other outside entity. They're usually always kind of doing the same thing. And for whatever reason, it's worked from um, all of all of this time. And when they kind of lead on pop culture themselves, they kind of put them anywhere. You can put them in space. You can put them on Mars. You can put them with a dragon. You can put them in Oz. You can put them in Fast and the Furious, I guess. And it, uh, it usually just works. And there's... um. With over 500 segments, there's a there's a lot to choose from, and with a lot of it kind of just being on YouTube, you can kind of just like do like best Tom and Jerry things and kind of lose you know some time on the toilet watching short skits for Tom and Jerry. I will say what's been interesting that's kept them alive. What we didn't really talk about so much, but outside of being timeless, is they've become a lot of memes for the most part. Yes, um, I know that has definitely probably helped the relevancy of them as all because it's just there's just so many memes out there surprise like i said as surprisingly as we get as how many there are and what they're used for which is interesting yeah including a bunch of the uh smoking a blunt memes are definitely on there (laughs) for sure um i mean and there's like 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 some of my if if you are a tom and jerry fan any of these ring a bell you know the missing mouse is there a doctor in the mouse barbecue brawl that's like one with spike and tyke the cat can um concerto which is like a one an episode that some people have said like oh that got me into playing the piano the mouse from hunger um little school mouse pico uh pico's pest the cat's meowch muscle beach tom <laughs> the downhearted duckling is one of the saddest episodes ever they just try to keep this duck alive for the entire episode because the duck's trying to kill itself that's kind of it's adorable. really it's really dark Oh, um, I, I I don't know why I said adore. That sounds adorable. I was like, I was like really yeah, bad. I was like, uh. But they're trying it's to one keep of like it the, alive. It's one of the few, they're a family. That, yeah, but that's not, that, oh, sure, whatever. It's one of like the few team-ups that are just like, oh, dude, they're just trying to keep this thing alive. Like, they're putting away their, their differences for, for one episode to keep this duck alive. Uh, the two Mouseketeers, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Mouse. So there's there's a few uh, pretty, if you saw it, I think it's one of those things that, like, like Kate said, if you saw the episode, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember this is yeah. I know Muscle Beach Tom is a pretty common I remember one that one. Yeah. I like the Mouseketeers one because it's like the little mouse, the little nephew mouse comes and Yes. Like, oh, and I also remember that one. Yeah. So before we get into our final thoughts, because it's been a long episode of talking about how mice and a cat try to kill each other, we do have some fun facts outside of things that we've talked about. So Tom and Jerry does have big reach due to its limited use of dialogue. In fact, in 2005, uh, Tom and Jerry was ranked 58th on the top 100 animated series in Japan, outranking things like Roni Kenshin, Initial D, um, and things like that. And it was the only non-Japanese animated show on that list in 2005. Damn. If you know Itchy and Scratchy, that's obviously a spoof off of Tom and Jerry. Um, The final episode... Yeah, definitely way more violent, (laughs) for sure. The final episode of Tom and Jerry produced by H&B Cartoons is very, very sad. It's kind of like reminiscent when we talk about the Casper episode, like we, where it's like just very sad. And both of them just is like are both really depressed and they kind of just like sit on a train track. It's dark. I don't know like what these cartoons had to do with like train tracks. And like that's like the only way to to do things. But they also had a train track episode just like Casper did. Um, less depressing fun fact, they were actually originally named Jasper and Jinx. The studio ran a contest to rename the, the characters, and it was won by animated John Carr, who suggested that Tom the Cat and Jerry the Mouse, and he won a big $50 for naming Tom and Jerry. I bet that was worth a couple hundred today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bunch of, like, uh, things of, like, how he got it, like, how he picked that name, whether it was, like, the drink or, you know, uh, the nickname for, what like, drink? the British soldiers. and. 
I don't know, with Tom and Jerry. I didn't look up the drink. What's, it was gross. There's but... a drink called a Tom and Jerry? Yeah. I'm going to uh, look that up. I'll... Keep talking. Yeah, there's like the drink. Some people thought it was because of uh, Tom's and Jerry's from like the um, slang from German soldiers and British soldiers. Like there's a whole bunch of other things. But what it comes down to is that this dude picked the names, won a contest for 50 bucks, and then it went on to go on for another like 80 years after he picked the names. This sounds good. It's a winter cocktail. It has, so it's like essentially like eggnog. But with rum and cognac. That's it. Cognac. I don't know. I don't have cognac on hand. I, I got I got rum. I got rum and eggnog. That's all I got <laughs> during the winter time. So for the last couple of facts here, Tom and Jerry have joined forces with a bunch of characters. We kind of talked about this already with like Johnny Quest, but he's also you know, joined up forces with Robin Hood, Sherlock Holmes, Willy Wonka. Wait, what? And yeah, well, I think one of the movies is like a Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka movie. movie. I think. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure one of them was a Robin Hood, Robin Hood movie, I'm pretty sure. So, And then last fun fact, despite being mostly silent, Tomcat has actually been voiced by 34 actors when you think about like the sounds and stuff that he makes, including Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob, Spyro, etc. And T-Pain. He sings, he sings, he serenades the, <laughs> I, you didn't get that far, Kate, but he serenades the white cat and it's T-Pain's voice. That's hilarious. Uh, 34 voice actors that go, ugh! Basically, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the patented scream. Um, and then Jerry Mouse has had 27. None of them like stand out like T-Pain or Tom Kenny, but since he hardly ever talks really at all. But yeah, there have actually been a lot of voice actors over the 81 years that they've been around, which is interesting, given that they're all silent. And that's all I have. Tom and Jerry, very simple concept that's stood the test of time for 81 years. And despite on whether or not people still like them, they convinced it's good enough for someone to give them $79 million to make a bad movie, um, which, you know. That's called a boomer gonna boomer. <laughs> it's, it is it is what it is. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way to go watch Tom and Jerry like on whatever thing it's on. But if someone's like, hey, man, you know, I thought it was funny, Tom and Jerry. I'm going to put on some YouTube clips and let's, you know, roll a blunt like uh, Tom, Tom did in that one, that one thing. I'm telling you, the meme stuff with Tom and Jerry is like 10 times better than anything. Like the adult MA version of Tom and Jerry, 10 times better than anything else we get. But isn't that like for everything, though? Like, aren't the memes? I mean, not wrong, but (laughs) you're not wrong. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go look at Tom and Jerry memes after this. But that's all I have. Uh, Any final thoughts before Kate? I'll get some final thoughts real quick in here. Um, I knew Tom and Jerry, I know it's been around forever. Tom and Jerry's been that weird thing of like, I never knew whether people liked it, whether it was popular. I didn't thought it was kind of boring, didn't understand the concept, but I knew it was simple. And it was just kind of like I said, it's a very simplistic cartoon. It's been around for like ever. I remember it all the time. I did not realize they still had a show going on. I was not excited for a movie and I thought it was just nostalgia bait, um, which apparently, whether that's the correct term of what happened to it or it just was bad, uh, it wasn't good. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do considering this movie rating because, as you mentioned, it probably not, Rotten Tomato does not go up. So it's probably not going to do well. There is no movie theater money, it looks like, to balance it out. So where they go from here, I have no idea. And to be honest, I don't know. As simple as it is, I don't know. I guess it's more of a question. Do we actually think it actually reaches today's kids for even demographics that it's supposed to anymore? I don't know. I feel like it's definitely just reaching the adults. Yeah, I mean, from looking at, like, all of the, the research and things like that and why some people were so angry with the way that they censored stuff is that it always skewed adults anyway, even back right. in – I mean, kids aren't sending uh, the guy in Czechoslovakia death threats, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's not kids doing it. Uh, so I think it's always a skewed adult, which is why the memes, I think, are so funny you know, to this day and why the violence was so, like, endearing is that it probably skews a little bit more adult. Which I guess this was weird. Like I said, we all watch it together on Boomerang or Cartoon Network. And while they do, well, I at least know Cartoon Network has its version of adult stuff. I never saw that on Adult Swim. So trying to figure True. out where it goes from there, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how good the, the TV show now is doing. I personally haven't seen it. Um, I haven't either, so. But it's been going since 2014, which is a, you know, I don't know, decent, man. So, that's a decent run for a cartoon. It's a decent run. It's a decent yeah. run for a cartoon that's, you know, over 80 years old. So it must be doing something well enough. Uh, done Again, don't want, don't want to keep bringing up this bad movie, but you know, good enough for you to make a bad movie about it, which yeah, is absolutely. you know, which I'm pretty sure Space Ghost would love at this at this moment in time. You know what I mean? If also, we bring back Space Ghost, I'm gonna be so happy. 
give me a Space Ghost movie. I'd rather like a Space Ghost Coast to Coast movie, which is just as good as the original right? cartoon, if not better. Which goes back to the whole point of we making cartoons adult version. That. I miss Space Ghost. Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Love. Yeah, also great. Give me that. Please. Which we kind of got already, and people love that, and the movie did very well. Uh, Kate, you want to round this out so we can get out of here and go watch some Harvey Birdman? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as always, you can find us on all the social medias at But Why the PC. And if you want to support us a little bit more, get access to our research notes, get episodes early, and hear all the stuff that gets cut out, uh, you can head over to Patreon. Well, Adrian's shaking his head. Hear all the stuff that gets cut out that is okay for public consumption. Head on over to patreon.com slash but why though PC. It really helps us out. And you can find me on Twitter at OhMyMythRandier, where I'm currently having anime explained to me by different people. It sucks. <laughs> uh, Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperRus93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-S-E 93. Matt? Tom deserved better. And Coach Gary and Toodles were terrible to him. <laughs> Not wrong.